Amen. Are you guys ready for the word? Are you ready for some word? Awesome, man. You know, this, this week and last week I was, I was dealing with uh, someone on Facebook who's actually a dean of a Bible school. And uh, they, belong to, they belong to a denomination known as the Word of Faith. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So the Word of Faith, guys, um, they are big. It's massive churches. Basically, all your big churches that you have in South Africa fall under the, the banner of uh, Word of Faith. And um, amazing thing took place. Uh, I don't know if you guys know Crefro Dollar. Anyone know Crefro Dollar? Well, Crefro Dollar actually put out a video where he repented and he asked for forgiveness. And uh, in this video, he actually said this. He said, listen here, every CD, every tape that you have bought or heard of mine for the last 30 years of ministry, I want you to burn it. He had come to the knowledge of grace, so what Karine was talking about this morning. Because what he, had, what he had done for the last 30 years is he had preached messages to people all around the world about how you have to do things to become holy, how you have to do things to become accepted, how you need to uh, do things so that you could be loved by God. Guys, that message is straight out of the pit of hell. It's not out of the Bible, I can tell you that much. Amen? And we're going to discover that a bit this morning. But obviously, um, one of the uh, deans of the Bible school uh, of, of the certain church jumped on there and she was like, how can this guy be repenting? He doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, why, should he, why should he repent? His messages have been fine all these years. So first of all, somebody who's so puffed up is actually correcting somebody else's repentance. What kind of state of heart are you in? I get up here and I say, Lord, I'm sorry, I, you showed me I did something wrong and I publicly repent and then one of you guys say, no, but you, you're repenting for the wrong reason, you were right. But God has shown me I'm wrong. Do you see what knowledge does, guys? Knowledge puffs us up to this point where we can't even allow people to ask for forgiveness because their forgiveness is not lining up with our doctrine. Their repentance is not lining up with what we believe. So you want to stand there and doubt a man's heart who's standing up behind the pulpit and he's taking a big chance because let me tell you something, he could lose half his church with that, with that message. I don't know how you'd feel if we got up here and we said, you know, guys, for the last 10 years, what we've been preaching, uh, just scrap it all. We're going to start something new. How would you feel? Hey, hey, hey. Say again. You'll punch me. And rightly, I deserve it. <laughs> Are you with me? See, this is the craziness of the modern day church today, man. It is so nuts. We have missed the whole thing. We've missed the boat, guys. We've missed Jesus in our messages. Amen? We've made it all about us We've made it all about success. We've made it all about getting blessed. We've made it all about money. We've made it all about materialism. You've got to understand something. Materialism starts where? It doesn't start when you get your Ferrari. Materialism starts here, in your heart. You don't have to have a Ferrari in, in, your, in your driveway to be a materialistic person. You can have 
a desire in your heart just to have a pair of sneakers and that thing captivates you and that thing gives you a sense of accept, acceptance or, or a standing amongst people. Are you with me? Materialism is not a physical thing. It's a state of heart. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, man, I'm immaterial. Because <laughs> guess what? You are immaterial. The Bible speaks about your soul, your spirit, the heart. What makes up the heart of man? His soul and his spirit. The Bible calls that the immaterial man. That's the man that we should be getting to know. That's the man that we should be building up every day. That's the man that's going to live forever. Do you know that man? Some of you need to stick out your hand and say, hi, Mr. Immaterial, I haven't met you yet. Because you've been so focused on the material, you don't even know who you are inside. And when everything changes on the outside, you're changing on the inside. Instead of who you are on the inside, it's changing whatever's happening on the outside. And that's why we were looking at that scripture last week. And that scripture says in 1 Peter 2, 2 verse 5, we were focusing on, it says, you as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices by Christ Jesus. What is God saying here? Wow. He's saying that you're a living stone. He's saying that you're a priesthood. He's saying that you are holy. And he's saying that he's building up a spiritual man. Are you with me? You've got to connect with the dude inside, guys. You've got to connect with the immaterial man. Because that's who you really are. The outside man that's got all those thoughts and worries and, and all those issues, that are, that's Mr. Ego. Ichu, his name's Ichu. It's a biblical, that's a biblical sounding version of ego. Elijah, Elisha, and Ichu. <laughs> Are you with me? It's your ego, booty. That thing must break. That guy must die. Are you with me? He's the guy that you've been building. And he's the guy that you go before God and you ask God, oh God, give me this, oh God, give me that because it's all attached to Mr. Ichu. But God's going, listen, I'm not interested in him. I'm interested in Mr. Immaterial. I'm interested in what's going on deep down inside you. Before I'll give you a car, a house and your shopping list that you pray with, I'm a father, you are a child. I am more concerned with what your spiritual state is, your spiritual home. Are you filled with joy? Are you filled with peace? Are you filled with righteousness? Those are the things that concern your heavenly father. Not your temporary stuff. Remember we were speaking about it last week, we were saying as living stones, we are part of the temple. Where does Christ live? Inside of us. We are the stones and we together are the temple of Christ. And God is bu building something, a holy people within that temple. 
Set apart. Everyone's got such a skewed view of what it means to be holy. The basic understanding of being holy simply means to be uncommon. Set apart. What makes us uncommon from the world? So what's going on with your unsaved family should not be going on inside you. Hello? We always say this, when we go to the family bra, you can't be sitting there going, yeah, but I've also on the sleeping tablets. Yeah, but uh, things are so bad, I don't know if I'm going to stay with my wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my children, yes, I can't stand to look at them, they make me sick. You're not supposed to be in the same place as them. Are you with me? Because you're a living stone, they're dead. You've been made alive in Christ. You are a new creation. You have a new way of thinking. You have a new way of feeling. You have a new way of seeing. You should be hearing differently, acting differently. You should have a different logic to them of how you solve problems. You cannot be using the same map as the dead stones. You are a living stone. Not a living stone, a living stone. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, yes, but yes, mooi man. But take care. Are you with me, folks? This series that we're doing is called Walking with God. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to bring out what it means to be in a relationship with God. What does a relationship look like day to day with God? Well, while God's building up the, the spiritual home in you, and while, he's, while he's placing that, that living stone in the big picture, which is the temple, which is the holy nation, which is the priesthood. See, because this is all about your purpose. We were speaking about it last week. We were saying, what is your purpose for being here? The most Google question on, on the internet is, why am I here? We spoke about it last week. You can't be here because you're collecting stuff. Hello? That can't be your purpose. I saw a thing on the internet the other day. They had a, a rich man's grave and a poor man's grave, and they looked exactly the same. It's just a hole of dirt. Are you with me? Your purpose can't be the stuff. And your purpose can't be acceptance of man. Because man and his acceptance of you will always change. You know why it will always change? Because they'll only be behind you when they're doing well. But when you're doing well and they're not doing well, they ain't going to be for you, buddy. So why are you here? What is your purpose? God says you're a living stone in him and he's building you up as a spiritual home so that you can be a holy priesthood. Do you know what a priesthood depicts? It, dep it depicts authority of God. It depicts uh, a power of God. It depicts the government of God. And it depicts service between man and God. So if you're holy, set apart, 
You shouldn't be thinking like the world, acting like the world. You should be thinking like Christ because his ways are higher. Amen? We should have the mind of Christ. This is what the scriptures say. That's us set apart. But then we set apart for the service to God of serving people, bringing them in to the eternal purposes. Are you with me? This is why you're here. If you're trying to attach feelings of success, or fulfillment to the stuff that you are doing, to the job that you are, are, are busy with every day, to, to all these things that man can give you, you are not uncommon. You're just like the world. And then when the government falls apart, you're going to fall apart. Because you're not being built up in your spiritual man. Do you know that the scriptures say in, I don't know exactly what scripture it is, but Peter says, I beseech you as sojourners. Can we find that scripture quickly? Hmm? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's before or after. Is it after? Okay, well, just, just get it for me, please, Daron. You got it. Let's just see what, see what this, you've got, to have, you've got to have the end goal in mind. 2.11. Just go to 2.11. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Do you know what a sojourner is, guys? Who can tell me what a sojourner is? Somebody just passing through. You see, while you're passing through, there's the Zoe kind of life that you're supposed to be connecting with. You're supposed to be getting built up in your inner man, your identity in Christ while you're passing through. 20 years old, 30 years old, 40 years old. It's not about you. Uh, it doesn't say that you're collecting on your way. Are you with me? It's about dropping things as you go. Amen? disconnecting from things as you go because there's a time coming when you're going to go and nothing goes with you. But when that time comes, can you step over and transition with peace or are you going to look back at what you really loved or what really made you feel accepted or successful? Are you with me? I know this is quite deep, but I'm turning to the person next to you and saying, deep, this is deep. But we've got to think about those things, amen? Because everybody has to get to that place. Are we, are we there? Are, are is anyone here not going to die? Is anyone in the room here who thinks they're not going to die? We'll pray for you after service. We said immaterial man, not immortal man. <laughs> okay? And we shouldn't be scared of that. You know the crazy thing is, you know what actually makes you scared of that moment? Is the fact that the immaterial man is empty, not built up, and the ego is still alive in this place. You can't cross over in peace. Why? Because you're still holding on. If you go study that out, that's actually hell. What say ye, nobody? Yeah? 
If you go there and you no longer have a body to fulfill its lusts and its, and its, and its desires and, and all those things, but your soul and your, and your immaterial man hasn't been cleansed and built up by God like he's saying as a living stone, then you don't have a body anymore to fulfill all those things that you used to do to make you feel right. Is that the best you guys have got? Me. Gonna pit. Will burn in the passions of your lusts for eternity. Serious stuff here this morning, but sorry, man. We're not going to just talk to you about how blessed you are if you give your 10%. You can go to the church down the road if you want that. There's a big one just down the road here. They'll promise you things for your 10%, but even things that Jesus never gave you. <laughs> Are you with me? We've got we've to understand what, is up, what are we doing here? What is this all about? Has anyone ever stopped and like, Lord, why would I be here, connect with people that I love, and then all of a sudden one day I'm not going to be here? What, what, what is this? Anyone ever thought about this stuff? Have you ever thought about like your spouse or your children or your parents, people that you really love and you're like, Lord? So I'll give you an example. My dad, I was so close to my dad. I love my dad so much. The day he was gone, I was so confused. I was like, Lord, you're cruel. I was like, why would you give me this man? I fall in love with him the way I do. And then all of a sudden he's got, what is the purpose of this? Are you with me, guys? And God is saying to me, your dad's not dead, he's with me. He hasn't died. He's not, he's not stuck out there in the outer darkness trying to figure out and fulfill himself. He's with me, he's at peace. And he was there to be an example of me to you so that you could connect with me. So that one day when you get there, it'll be you and me and him and Opa and Opa Khriki and Opa Sa Opa. Are you with me, guys? Man, we've got to understand this is what Jesus is what Peter is saying. He's saying that God is building up a spiritual dwelling, a spiritual home. Amen. You are a living stone. But this scripture is so much more. It just goes, I mean, it, we can build on this for days and days. But people don't get this. People think that this thing is all about the external stuff. It's never about the external. The external stuff is always just a bonus to the life being lived in your heart. Turn to the person next to you and say, the kingdom of God is righteousness peace, and joy. Some of you guys need to get saved. Oh my gosh. If you were at the local pub and the oak singing there, the one-man band said, hey, everybody, sing hey-oh. Everybody will be hey-oh. Yeah, church, we say, praise the Lord. What's the state of your spiritual man? 
Ooh, pastor, that was a low blow. Sometimes you need one right there in the short rib. Amen? Are you with me? Who loves God in this place? Who's experiencing God's love in their heart this morning? Man, who's grateful for the price that's been paid? Thank you, Jesus. Give him a round of applause. Come on. <clears throat> so we've got, to get, we've got to get an idea of what this connection is about. What is this life about? What are we here for? What's the purpose? What is it? Amen? We want to, we want to get into the deep things of God so that we can actually experience the depths of who we are. Amen? Man. You know, people are so, people think that, you know, walking with God is, <clears throat> it's all about, you know, uh, um, connecting to get, connecting to, to do this and do that. But God is looking at you in your bath when you're laying in your bath. And guess what? He doesn't care about all that stuff. All he's caring about is my child happy inside. And you're crying, snorting tranare. You know, God, I lost my job and now my life is over and you've got to get me a new job. You've got to. And God's just going, listen, yeah, I just, I, that, don't worry about that. That's already been paid for. Let's go into the heart. Let's have a look why the job loss is affecting you the way it is. Are you with me? I want to deal with the root problem. I want to deal with the fear there. I want to deal with the identity issue that now that you don't have a job, you're worthless. I want to deal with the issue of why you feel like you're all alone because you don't have a job. Nothing's changed with me. I was your provider before you had the job. I'm still your provider. I want to deal with what's going on inside your heart. Why haven't you, why aren't you in that place where you are trusting me? Amen? That's what God's dealing with. That's what God wants. Take the shopping list, take all the stuff, put it aside. That's what he wants to deal with. Are you with me, guys? He's always, you know, my kids, they can be having the best time of their life or they can be having the worst time of their life. All I just look at their faces and I look at their condition of their life and all I want to do is I want to make sure that they are fulfilled in their hearts at every time of their life. That's what a father does. That's what a mother does. Are you with me? Hello? That's what a father looks at his child's face for because he wants to go, he wants to be the source. Is it, is it mental stuff that you need? Is it physical stuff that you need right now? Is it, what is it that you need? That's what we do. And that's what God does. God's looking always. He's, he's like, Llewellyn, are you, I just want to see, Llewellyn, are you feeling righteous? Are you feeling holy? Are you sensing me in your heart, my provision? Are you sensing my peace? It doesn't matter what else is happening. God's going, I know that's the starting point of our connection because if that gets sorted out, all the other stuff is going to flourish anyway. Doesn't the scripture say that you will only prosper as your, as your soul prospers? 
What is in your soul? It's your feelings. It's your thoughts. When God looks at you, he looks immediately to your heart and he wants to deal with the immaterial man. He wants to deal with the spiritual things. Are you with me? God is good, amen. He, he first checks your level of peace before anything else. He first checks your level of righteousness. Not how righteous you are living, but how righteous you are feeling in the righteous one himself. How righteous you are in Christ. You're not righteous of your own. You can't be, so don't try. The Bible says, yield to the righteousness within. Amen? Yield to it. What does this relationship look like? You know, God's not like your old pastor there from the NG Kerk, the NG No Spark Plug Church. God's not a religious God that you think he is, that you've been told from the pulpits. I remember I used to go to my pastors back in the day when I was a young Christian and you've got all these issues and then you sit down and you start telling them the issues and the first thing is they, they're looking at you and they're going, I wonder if he hasn't been reading his Bible enough. But they're not even listening to my issue. I wonder if, he, I wonder if he's been praying enough. I, I wonder... And then while, they, while you're carrying on there, they're quickly looking at the church. Yeah, I'm listening, bro. I'm, li I'm listening, my brother. And they're checking your church attendance. Because you can only be feeling like you're feeling or going through what you're going through because you either haven't been praying, you haven't been reading your Bible, or you haven't been coming to church. Everything that's going on with you is because you are not performing right. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? I used to be that pastor. I was trained like that. And all you do is you just sit and you're thinking, Shh, there must be there's something in their life. Something they're doing. They're full of sin. They're full of this. So they haven't done that. No, you know what it is? It's that they don't have their identity in Christ. That's what it is. Not their identity in the church. Not their identity in what they do, but the identity in what Christ has done. Amen? So the pastor should first be checking, hold on, what's your righteousness level in your heart? What's the peace? Before we get to the problem, because I know the Holy Spirit's going to tell me anyway. But I'm not going to put this on you. We're going to look at what is your righteousness level? What is your peace level? What is your joy level inside? Because you're not experiencing it, not because you are a sinner. You're not feeling lonely because you're a sinner. The Bible says that Jesus was a friend of sinners. He ain't going to leave you because you're sinning. Amen? He was a friend of sinners, the holy God himself. He wouldn't partake of it, but he wouldn't leave them alone. So why are you feeling like you're feeling? Because you've forgotten that the relationship you have with him is not about you. It's about him. You've taken your eyes of him and you've put, yourself, put your eyes on yourself. Now you are overwhelmed with all your feelings and your self-consciousness is, is eating you up from the inside. But the pastor who's trained 
to check your level of spirituality, your religion, must be because you haven't prayed sorrow. And so I was like, but I've been praying. And then it must be something else. So you, you've been looking at short skirts on the way to church. It must be something else. It's got to be something with you, sorrow. At the end of the day, all it is is that sorrow is not connecting with God based on Jesus. Amen? This is a finished work, family. Turn to the person next to you and say, man, it is done. It's over. Over Kedova. Are you guys, I'm trying to get across what this relationship is supposed to look like. Amen? Oh, God is so good. You got, we, we got to understand something then. <clears throat> Our job is to connect with God through Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit every day. Connect with God based on Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's it. That's your job. Connect based on who you are in Jesus and what he has done through the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Shall I say it again? Connect with God based on the finished work of Christ by the power of the leading of the Holy Spirit. That is your job. I mean, not job, but that's your call. That's who you are. Amen? Nothing else. Why do you have to do that every day? Because your fallen nature is telling you all the time, 24-7, that you are not who you are in Christ, that the Holy Spirit is so holy, He doesn't want anything to do with you. And God is a God is expecting you to fulfill tasks and perform for his love. That's what your fallen nature is telling you every single day. That's your starting point when you open your eyes. Gee whiz. Amen? Are you with me, folks? Turn to person next to you and say, man, connect with Jesus, connect with God, based on the finished work of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. You have to do that every day. You know why? Because, listen carefully, because this is how it works. One thought in that moment where you are not sensing God's love, not uh, um, actualizing the finished work of Christ, and not being led and fulfilled by the Holy Spirit. One thought outside of that can lead you down the path of death. You can't take a chance. Men, this is what it looks like. Driving in your car, all of a sudden, sensing loneliness, sensing, you know what, I work so hard, nobody loves me. My family doesn't appreciate me. My boss is always shouting at me. I mean, and I do everything and I try everything and I constantly, I'm just giving, I'm giving, I'm giving and no one appreciates me. I'm not celebrated. Anybody, any, anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay? That one moment, if you're not connecting with God, being led by the Holy Spirit, that one thought 
becomes two thoughts, it becomes a meditation, and all of a sudden, it becomes, it, it starts to get life inside of you. Then, you have now, because that's, because remember, those kinds of thoughts, they belong to the continuum of death. They don't belong to the continuum of life. Life creating more life because I'm connected to life. Now I'm feeling lonely, broken, unappreciated, whatever. So I'm connecting with my old man, the dead man. And guess what? I'm connecting and giving life to death. And that thought starts growing inside of me, growing inside of me. And then the next moment, six months down the line, uh, you've had a you've you've got this thing in your in your in your heart. Or oh, sorry, in that moment while you're driving in the car and you're feeling like that, you start picturing, I'm gonna leave my job. Nobody appreciates me. I'm gonna uh, uh, I'm getting out of this corporate world. It's so bad. Whatever, whatever. Uh, uh, and you start picturing yourself making candles at home. And then you don't deal with those thoughts and it grows and it grows and six months down the line, you've cashed in your pension fund. You've bought a candle waxing making business. Now you're sitting in the garage at home. You've got 150,000 rands worth of wax and machinery that you don't even know how to use properly. And you suck (laughs) at making candles. I mean... Not even the hobos want to take your candles at the garage sale. And guess what? Now you're sitting there crying because <laughs> you don't even like yourself this moment. at this moment. Do you see where that one thought can take you? See why you have to connect on Jesus? Based in Jesus? Before you know it, your own heart will take... Listen, the Bible says that the devil cannot tempt you until those desires in your heart are present. It says a man can only be tempted and led away by his own desire. What desire? The desire to make yourself feel loved and accepted and good and celebrated because outside of God, doing it in your own strength. All temptation comes down to that. The devil can't budge you. He can't move you until you open your heart to those ideas. Are you with me? Feeling lonely and broken. Man, shut it down and connect. What do you want? It's been done. Jesus ain't coming to die again. He's given you everything. Shut it down. Stop allowing those thoughts to run away with themselves. Ladies, I don't know why I'm on the candle business. It's all about the ladies this morning, sorry. Some people make nice candles, not, not everybody. <laughs> Maybe it's a soap business. <laughs> Sometimes soap looks like uh, uh, candles, eh, Jaden? <laughs> Uh, we got like this thing it looked like a bar of soap but it was actually wax and Jaden was bathing with it for about a week until she was like what? this thing what's going on? (laughs) 
<laughs> Sorry, man. Your dad is the pastor. You're going to get it from the microphone. So, ladies, you're lonely. You're feeling down. And, and you know, your husband, hasn't, he's been working hard. And he hasn't been looking at you with those come-to-bed eyes, you know. And the next moment, you're at the gathering with all the tunnies. The Lonely Hearts Club ladies, you know those ones? <laughs> and they come out there, tea and cookies, and it's never just tea and cookies, as you know. And the next moment, hey, you know, I was also feeling the same way as you. There was like no passion in my life anymore. So I started watching this movie a friend gave me. It's called Fifty Shades of Grey. Huh? And then the next moment... You watch this rubbish that Hollywood has made to look romantic and full of passion, but it's actually birthed out of sadomasochism. But they've twisted the story to make it look so good. And because you are lonely and you're not feeling passionate, you watch this rubbish, you open your heart to it. Next moment you're on Fifty Shades of Grey, part three. There isn't a part four, now you have to make one. But you see, that thing was there. Because it started from that, that first doubt in your heart. Man, maybe your husband was working too hard. Maybe your wife was just working too hard. Maybe they didn't. It doesn't mean that you must now all of a sudden go and watch 50 Shades of Nonsense. Are you with me? But if you don't deal with that, if you don't know who you are in Christ, if you're not sensing his love, if you're not feeling his love, if you're not connected to God, that thing grows and it grows and it grows. Now you've watched all three and now you're working late one time and the young guy at the office party or whatever, you've had a, a glass of wine celebrating the new employee or whatever it is and you lock eyes with this guy, you didn't commit adultery then, you committed adultery months ago. It's just the environment changed and the opportunity came. Hello? It all just sets you up. You set yourself up. Are you with me? Why? Because you're too prideful to get on your knees and connect. Because you want to stay in that feeling and you want to try and work yourself out of that feeling. And it's day three already and you still haven't got out of it. But you know what? If I go read some scriptures, I'll get out of it. No, that is a dead work. You can't read yourself out of that. You've got to connect to the living God to get out of that. Surrender your solution. Surrender your manpower. Surrender your willpower. Get on your knees, connect, and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you into life. Amen? That's what this relationship looks like. That's what it's supposed to look like. Are you guys with me this morning? Amen. Anybody who's starting a wax candle business, um, this was not a word from the Lord for you to not do it, okay? <laughs> yes. Just putting that out there. Sure. <laughs> Let me just get, I've, I've just, I just want to go find a scripture here. <laughs> 
Let's go to, uh, I'm going to find a scripture that I had uh, I put down yesterday. Where is it? Not this one. 1 Corinthians 2.10. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 2.10. Check this out. It's one of my favorite scriptures. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. In the NLT, it says it like this. But it was to us, God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. Amen. Come on, you, know, you can clap. That's the scripture. That's the word of God. That's Christ himself right there. And what is that saying? He's building up a holy, immaterial priesthood, a spiritual home. Now he's saying that there's a way that this works. You can't live at the, at the level of your feelings in your soul. You've got to go to the Holy Spirit and you've got to allow him to search in your heart the deep things of God that he's already put there. Amen? Can you not trust the one who created this entire universe? He knows why you feel the way you feel. If he can keep the stars hanging in the sky, Hello. If he can keep the seas from overwhelming the land, if he can put gravity exactly where it needs to be, if he can hold this all together, do you think he doesn't know what you need in your heart? Do you for one second think that he cannot provide more than your little limited serotonin level? Huh? He knows why you're looking to fulfill yourself like that. But he knows the way to do it that keeps you whole and not broken. But nobody's asking. We have to do it because we're finding some sense of achievement when we do it without him. But guess what? Finding a way to medicate yourself it's the same as the world's medication. It'll take one symptom away, but it's going to create another problem. Doing it by your own strength, you might take away the feeling for a while, but the route that you took, it's caused another problem in your life. Why? Because at that moment, he didn't become your source. You chose another source. And as soon as you choose another source, guess what? You're going to have to trust that thing. You're going to have to trust it. Are you with me, folks? This is what the relationship walking with God is supposed to look like. Everything has been given to us in. Everything has been given to us in. Let's go to 1 Corinthians uh, 1.30 quickly. I'll end off with this because it's already quarter past, almost.
But of him you are in Christ who became for us from wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So Christ has become for us the wisdom we need, the righteousness we need. What is righteousness? Right standing with God, feeling accepted, feeling accepted, qualified. Are you with me? In Christ, sanctification is another word for in Greek. Uh, that's the same meaning. It's holiness, set apart, okay? And redemption. Christ has become that for us. Let's go to Romans 8.32. He did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So 130 says that he is our redemption. He is our holiness. He is our wisdom. He is our righteousness. Here it says in the scripture, let's, let's just read it again. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us. So he delivered him up for us all. Okay. Whoever wants him, you got him. It's your choice. How shall he not with him also, how shall he not with him also, hello, how shall he not with him also give us all things freely? Freely, all, with Christ. So when Christ was given on the cross, all things freely were given to you. Everything you need as a human being, everything in the deep recess of the human heart has been fulfilled with the presence of the Holy Spirit the day you gave your life to Jesus. The Holy Spirit is now one spirit with you and everything you need is already inside you so that you don't have to, for one second of your life, rely on your own thoughts, your own feelings, your own solutions, your own way. Because all of that stuff is going to lead you into the devil's arms. Are you with me? We want life, but we want life his way, in him, according to what Christ has already done. Are you with me this morning? Is God good? Is God good? Amen. Come on, give him a shout of praise. So listen, don't play with feelings of lack. If you're feeling lack in the workplace, if you're feeling lack in your marriage, if you're feeling lack in your health, if you're feeling lack in just, it doesn't matter what it is. Don't entertain it, don't play with it, because you're giving life to it. Are you with me? Immediately, come see the pastors. Come and chat to Bash. Get on the phone to me. Get on the phone to a brother that you can trust. Get, do whatever you can to get connected to God and disconnect from your own way. Get away from death, move into life. Amen? doesn't matter what it is don't ever entertain your flesh amen come on give him one more big round of applause 
sorry for you if you came here this morning thinking the pastor is going to give you 10 steps to turn God around and, you know, give you what your heart desires. No. Sorry. Wrong church. God's already given you what your heart desires. It's called eternal life in Jesus Christ. If you're looking for anything else outside of that, then you're not looking for God. Your desires are wrong. Your desires are temporary. They're selfish. They're filled with selfish ambition. And guess what? I'm sorry, but I can't help you. Bash can't help you. Tassel can't help you. But if you come here and you say, I want him. I know life is in him. Man, we will meet you anywhere, any place, anytime, and we'll walk you straight into life. We're not going to sit here and give you 10 steps to turn God's arm so that he can give you your heart's desires that don't even belong to the kingdom. If you're not finding fulfillment in God, good luck. Because there's nothing out there that's going to do it for you. But when you get to the end of your flesh, we'll all be here. Amen? This is what Christianity is about. This is what relationship with God looks like.